<laughs> open. Open. I mean, we told him. We warned we him. We tried to tell you. We tried to tell you. And yet but here they, we are. But as Lil Wayne said, they wasn't ready to hurt me. Here we are on Tuesday. There were a lot of doubters, man. Everyone was like, the Giants are going to win this game by 50 points. Everyone was saying that. The national media. <laughs> everyone. Okay. Okay. I don't know if they went that far. Yet. Everyone was saying the Giants know. were a lock for the Super Bowl. It was just this pod alone screaming into the wind that the Cowboys could beat this team. The only one, regardless team. of being a seven-point favorite. Only <laughs> us. Just us in Vegas. Us in Vegas. Everyone <laughs> else is it. like, Cowboys are going to go 0-16. Eli's won two MVPs, Super Bowl MVPs. He's going to kill us. Have you seen Saquon's uh, thighs? God. I'll tell you what. The way this game started, I was worried we were going to have to hear a lot of Saquon thighs talk. Yes, but the boys did prevail. This is Boys Will Be Boys, as always, your hosts. It's me, the walk star, Walkstradamus, predicting games left and right, predicting accurate, always, for the Cowboys. 1-0 this season in predictions. Riding um, shotgun, Andy Gatelli, uh, also 1-0. Uh, me and Ben predicted uh, somewhere to the around a... Uh, 27-10, 27-13, 28-10 game. Um, unfortunately, the Cowboys scored 35, so we just weren't prepared for the offensive explosion. But, hey, you win some, you lose some. In this case, we win all of them. Uh, this is Boys We Boys, and this is Victory Tuesday, baby. We want to know we undefeated. So we will be going through the Cowboys opening season game against the New York Giants, if you can call it a game. We will be giving you a smattering of news from around the NFL, and we will be previewing the upcoming matchup against that team from Washington named after a racial slur. So all of that will be fun. Let's dive right into it. Ben, tell me about your experience watching this game. Yeah, so I was in a foul mood because I had... um. You know it go. You know me. I have a little too much, too much riding on fantasy for my weekly mood. You know my daily mood. I should at least say. And uh, the noon games were not very kind to me. Nor were the Thursday games. Uh, I had to watch Baker, not as good as Mahomes, officially confirmed Mayfield go out there and throw three picks in the fourth quarter like a fucking bum. And um, you know that just really didn't put me in a happy place. Go. It really didn't. Um, then the rest of my team was acting like a bunch of bums. So, uh, we went to the bar, you know, I'm, I'm throwing back a couple body armors and staying hydrated, throwing back a couple Millers, you know, official beer, of the Dallas Cowboys, you know, trying to do my part to, uh, to be ready. And, uh, we get there, man, pretty good crowd. And, uh, yeah, man, I was just, you know, watching me and 40 of my closest friends, you know, just, just living it up. Hell yeah, man. I was uh, with a group of lads as well uh, over at the boy Shady Ryan McCoy's crib. Uh, had three TVs going. Had a little, you know, little 49ers game, little Cowboys game on the main screen, little red zone. Oh, Just yeah. Had the whole, the whole, uh, the oh, whole scenario. It was good, man. It was good to be back in football. You know, you got all the TVs going. You're watching all oh, the games. Watching the R words originally kick the shit out of Philly. We'll get to that later. But that was, oh, that you was know, heartbreaking. Yeah. Somehow, the the team from Washington somehow upset me more than them just existing. They had to like get my hopes up. For a moment, I experienced what it must be like to be a fan of theirs every single year. Um, but once three thirty rolled around, it was kickoff time in Dallas. Um, and man, I'm not gonna lie, Ben. The way this game started, I was a little worried. So. Cowboys elect to receive the ball. Obviously, we know the history of Jason Garrett choosing to receive the ball and then shitting the bed. I'm worried about it. Um, but first and 10, Dak Prescott comes out, hits Amari Cooper for 13 yards. I'm like, sweet, passing on first down. I like it. Uh, gives it to Elliott for two yards. One thing you'll see in this game, the Giants definitely rolled with the game plan that like every team that's 
beat the Cowboys in the last couple of years has employed, which is sell out to stop the run, deny Ezekiel Elliott yardage, and basically say if you're going to beat us, it's going to be through the air with Dak Prescott. And for many of those instances, Dak has not been able to do that, whether that's Dak, the weapons around him, Scott Linehan, etc. However, today would be slightly different. So, again, first and 10 of the Dallas 38, Elliott goes for two yards, then Dak hits Amari for nine, then Dak uh, tries to hit Amari. It's a little, uh, little dropped ball here. Hate to see it, Amari. Hate to see it. He made up for it, but still upsetting. Uh, we're on the 49-yard line. Second and 10, Zeke goes right for five yards. Then Dak tries to hit Amari again. Does not connect. Brings up a fourth and five. They punt. Fair catch by Jabril Poopers, the latest addition to a horrific Giants secondary. And boy, howdy, did he live up to his nickname today. So Uh, Dallas Cowboys' first time on offense. Not looking great. Not looking great at this point. No, I thought it was fine. We got a first down and, you know, uh, should have had another first. So I wasn't totally worried. I just, it's Dallas. We normally punt. I don't know the last time we scored on a first possession of a football game for a touchdown. So I was pretty par for the course. Um, Fair. But what I didn't like, Andy, was this first defensive possession of the game. This scared the shit out of me. So first and 10 from the nine. The little swing pass out to Barkley, who makes it eight yards. Woods, being just Hollywoods himself, just sticks Barkley, drops the ball. However, New York's able to jump on it, so we give that up. On second play from scrimmage, Barkley just finds a seam, 59 yards up the sideline. Keith gets absolutely shook out his shoes. Man, I know it's so funny because, like, we always complain about Heath. And the thing is, Heath can do a lot for you. He was a captain, and some people were defending him. Some people were giving him grief that we both follow, Andy. And ultimately, look, I, the guy tries hard. He's a special teams ace. He's a playmaker in limited snaps. But, yeah, Saquon can juke a lot of people. But, you know, most safeties get, like, a hand on him. Heath is a stone-footed tackler sometimes. Yeah, so. he froze. He totally froze. It reminded me of, like... Golden Tate, like several other plays we can all name over the last several years. Um, luckily, although uh, Barkley was running up the left sideline, Cheeto Awuzie came from the opposite side of the field and chased down Saquon Barkley at a full sprint and took him out at the Dal- at the Dallas 23-yard line. Otherwise, this was going straight to the house. No one was going to catch him. Um, so that worked out. Uh First and 10 for the Dallas 23, Manning hits Evan Ingram for 11 yards. And then first and 10 from the Dallas 12, uh, he hits Shepard for four. So they take a timeout. Second and six, they give it to Barkley again. He goes seven yards, tackled at the one. And then on first and goal at the one, they give it to Barkley. He gets stuck by Woods and Heath. Loss of two yards, however... Malik Collins with an unnecessary roughness penalty. Not a great look. First and goal at the one again. And Evan Ingram collects an easy touchdown pass from Eli Manning, making it seven to nothing. So at this point, man, I'm I'm freaking out. I was, like like shit. I, said, I was already in a bad mood because of fantasy and noon games and money that I spent on things. Um so you know, I was I was not happy about some of the bets that I had made here. So I'm 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 not happy. We're down 7-0 against a shit Giants team. Um, And, yeah, we look pretty bad. The one thing I really thought we could count on was the defense, and I don't know if they gave up a 90-yard drive last year. So for them to give us seven plays, 91 yards, and really Saquon just – your boy just fucking torched us. They didn't give up a 100-yard rusher last year at all, I think, until, like, the last game. Yeah, I think – uh yeah you're right you're right that made me think it was like saquon once and in the in the last game of the year got 100 yards maybe but for 90 percent of the time no one was getting a 100 yard rusher against the cowboys defense so very worrying um mostly man what's weird and we'll touch on this after was they weren't i mean obviously we we start railing off some points here but his touches were very low for a guy who 
I know you hate him, but pretty much every time he touched the ball, he looks good. So yeah. I, I, was really I have no idea the what the offensive game plan was here on their end. Like, you're going to rely on Eli Manning and to... Yeah, and, to and like anybody? questionable decisions all around. I mean, they gave, they gave Saquon 11 carries. He had 120 yards on 11 touches, and that's all he got. Um, on weird, like four on like fourth and short yardage situations, they would go for it. And they tried like naked bootleg with Eli Manning rolling out and you get stuck. Like it was weird, dude. It was all very weird, but Dallas would take advantage. So they get the ball to start their second drive. First and 10 from the 25 Zeke goes for six yards. Dak tries to quick pass to Jason Witten. That is incomplete. Um, but then finds Cobb for 12 yards. Randall Cobb had himself a very nice day in the slot. Um, you know, this was a kind of a lower key signing, I think. Um, kind of got lost in the shuffle of the offseason and, you know, the departure of Cole Beasley, the bringing in of Cobb. Personally, I think we're already seeing that pay dividends. I think Cobb looked better on Sunday than I've seen Cole Beasley look in a long time. Um, just brings a different dimension to the attack than Cole Beasley did. Um, so, right yeah, there, first know, catch of the day for 12 great. yards. I love the way that Kellen used him, and I'm sure we'll get into to praise for Kellen, but um, I really just, you know, he said Cobb looked good. Honestly, did anyone not look good? I mean, Jarwin looked good. Gallup looked fucking great. Cooper looked good. Like, Man, this whole offense was fucking humming. Once, yeah, outside once, of the running right. backs, I mean, Zeke was very pedestrian. Pollard kind of got shut down. But, again, the Giants were really, like, selling out to stop the run, and we could do anything we wanted through the air. So it worked out. Yeah, I heard an interesting theory, and it was, I think, from Sturm on the ticket. And he, he said right now Kellen's playing against – like Linehan's tendencies and the tendencies of Dallas from last year. And so right now he's kind of got that fresh plate and everything he does by like week four or five. We'll really know how good of an OC he, he or play caller he is as people start yeah. to be able to get tape on him. Cause right now the giants had no idea what we were going to do. They're not yep. very good. Um, I mean, dude, this defense is so bad now. I mean, this team is bad. I mean, outside of Saquon Barkley, this team is so bad now. Yeah, and the secondary particularly is just a, a whole bunch of nobodies. They started DeAndre Baker, who was a first-round pick. He just didn't look accustomed to the NFL game well, yet. He, he got might be okay, but he's not, I was going to say, he's not going to be able to guard Cooper week one. And then you're right, they have Antoine Bethea, who, look, Antoine Bethea has had a good career, but he's... He looks about now. 100 years old, dude. He looks yeah, about 100 years old. old. He's had a good career, but he's... He's getting close to hanging the cleats up. Um, and then your boy Poopers, who, um, yeah, did not have a good day either. Straight so. up bum, dude. Straight and up Janoris bum. Jenkins is no longer the Janoris Jenkins of those 2014, 15 Giants teams. Well, and, or before and quite that. frankly, like, you know, I saw the sound of the sidelines tape they had, and Amari said it on the bench. He just turned to Gallup and he was like, Look, man, we're all going to eat. We got so many weapons now, and everyone's going to get the rock. They're not going to be able to scheme for us. And I think that's pretty accurate. It's much harder to scheme for this Dallas Cowboys offense than it was last year. Um, you know, to start the year last year, we didn't have a number one receiver. Didn't really have that many dynamic receivers, period. Pretty much just hoping that Zeke can carry the load. Now it's like if you want to stop the ground game, you got Gallup, who looked amazing. Get Amari, Cobb, Witten, Jarwin, yeah, so Tavon. I'll read this this first touchdown drive. So we're right for the Giants are up 7 nothing. Go. We get the ball back. He goes Zeke six yards, then incomplete, then Cobb for twelve yards on third and four, then incomplete to Cobb, then Witten for six yards, then Gallup for thirteen, then Zeke for nothing, then Zeke catches a ball for ten yards, then Pollard for five yards. We get a hold, come back, and then Jarwin for seven, and then Jarwin for twenty-eight. I mean, we are cooking, man. This was a we sliced yeah, through him. I'll tell you what, this touchdown pass to Jarwin, it's a really ugly ball coming out of Dak's hand. They, they said his hand yeah. was wet. Um, but a good so he practically just, yeah, oh, definitely. And he practically just shot-putted the ball because Jarwin was so criminally open. I mean, how much space do you think Jarwin had? Like seven yards in every direction? Well, let's be honest. When you're living in the Blake 
Jarwin era. He's gonna get open, man. We I don't told care who y'all. We told y'all this was gonna happen. Like, who breaks the Cowboys' all-time touchdown record first? Jason Witten or Blake Jarwin? Ooh, I think that's what, I think that's what every I think it's what every Cowboys fan is asking themselves today. Absolutely. So that ties the game up seven seven. Uh, the Giants get the ball back, and obviously they're going to try to just keep pace with us at this point. Um, Eli goes short right to Evan Ingram. He takes that for 19 yards. Eli scrambles up the middle for six. Weird. Barkley for six. Uh, Eli tries to go deep to Latimer, but he's got Lawrence in his face. It's a bad pass. Then a, on second and 10, Eli does a short pass to Barkley. He gets nine yards. And then on third and one, Eli does a na- they call a naked bootleg for Eli to scramble out to the right by himself. Van Der Esch closes the gap very quickly and Eli's forced to just chunk it away. They get an intentional grounding penalty. And on fourth and 11, they would have been inside field goal range because of the intentional grounding, they get backed up and they are forced to punt from our 45. I have a lot of questions about how they called this game, but yeah, third and one, uh, that, that one's one of the weirdest ones. Um, so, so yeah, we forced the punt go and seven, seven, I'm feeling better about it now. Uh, yeah. we get the ball back. Um, into the first, and we go right to work. Absolutely. Pollard immediately gets a touch for two yards. Second and eight, Prescott goes to Amari Cooper for 12. Uh, on first and 10, they give it to Pollard again. He gets two yards. And then Dak goes deep to Michael Gallup. This was the first throw of the game where I was like, oh, my God. This was an absolute dime of a throw. Gallup had like I know Gallup gets space a lot, um, but he probably had like a step on this defender, and Dak just threw it down a chimney to him. Like it landed perfectly on the run in stride in his hands um, for thirty six yards. It's a beautiful throw. Yeah, absolutely, man, dude. Gallup, boy, had a fucking day, and this was this was nice, man. I mean, Dak looked really comfortable. You know, I had a um, you know this for our, our fantasy league, and I know nobody likes hearing about other people's fantasy leagues, so I'll keep this super brief. But I uh, I gave I gave one of our league mates shit in there for starting Dak over golf, which turned out on the idiot because Dak killed it. But I did put the caveat, you know what? Dak does seem to murder NFC East foes, especially the Giants. And lo and yeah, behold, man, he looked so good today. He looked so in control of this offense, so poised. Um, and I think that's got to be one of the the most encouraging things that people came away from watching this game. Yeah, absolutely. This was probably, I mean, it is. It's Dak's best game as a pro. Um, the passes were, he had a lot of touch, in especially on the deep balls. It was more accuracy than we've seen from him in a long time. He goes, and he's throwing them back-to-back. So he hits Gallup on his 36-yard ball. Then on the next play, he hits Gallup again for 23 yards. Gets us to the New York 18. Uh, Zeke goes for four. Then Dak uh, throws one to Cobb, who gets nine yards, but there's a penalty on Zach Martin for tripping, which I'm just, just like, all right, Second fine. of the day. Okay. Uh, second and 16, Dak hits Amari for six yards, then hits Cobb for 14 yards. This was sick because is Dak this throws pass out like- to Cobb. Yeah. Cobb yeah. gets the ball on the sidelines. There's a defender right in his face. Cobb just sticks his hand into the center of this defender's chest and throws him out of bounds and gets like six more yards. Little Damson moves to Cobb. That was something you hadn't seen from him in Green Bay in, in, in a couple years, so that was nice, man. Um, yeah, he looks healthy, man, which is great. He's been dealing with injuries a lot at the end of his time in Green Bay, um, so that was, that was really great to see. Um, that gets us to the four. And then they drop this nice little play for Jason Witten to, to get a, a touchdown. Um, they do a, the whole man, formation. Yeah. Whole for, it's a really great design. The entire formation goes left. It's a fake handoff to Zeke. Dak rolls out right. Witten breaks his block and goes right and catches a three-foot pass from Dak and walks into the end zone for his 69th career touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys. And so just like that, Back-to-back drives, it's 14-7. to seven. Um, 
so things are now starting to cook a little bit, and now the defense kind of finds their groove as well. Um, they get the ball. The Giants get the ball on the 25. He hits, he hits Sterling Shepard for 11 yards. On first and 10, Barkley up the middle for three yards. On second and seven, there's a false start. So second and 12, Eli tries to go to Ingram. That's incomplete. On third and 12, Eli does a short pass to Ellison. He gets eight yards. He's stopped by Anthony Brown and Jalen Smith. Fourth and four, Dallas forces the punt. Um, so defense finally kind of catching up to where the offense is. Uh, Dallas now having its third uh, its third possession, uh, or fourth possession of the half, I should say. Um, Dak gets the ball on the 17, hits Gallup immediately for six yards. Then Cobb for 18, then Gallup for six, then Dak does a little designed run for six yards, gets the first down, now at the New York 47. They tried that, dude. They always try this play, I swear. The little wheel route, deep pass to the fullback, tries to throw it to Olawale. Um, I don't know why our yeah, offense dude, loves that play like so much. That. We saw it at camp. like, Dude. I heard radio guys arguing about this, and they're like, yeah, but it was a good play call. It's like, fuck no, dude. I don't want to see any bomb to Olawale. I don't want to see a three-yard. He dropped a two-yard like touchdown pass last year that hit him in the fucking chest. So I don't see any bombs to Olawale. I mean, <laughs> Kelly, I'm all, I'm all for you, you know, mixing up the playbook. But let's, you know, Dak, if they're going to go ahead and put that one in there, you know, let's just, let's leave, <laughs> let's leave that one at home. It's audible. Um, so second and 10, uh, Dak throws one to Cobb. It's incomplete. And there's a penalty on Zeke for holding. Um, so second and 20, uh, Dak hits Cobb for seven yards. There's a defensive holding penalty on this one. So we get first and 10 at the 48, uh, Zeke gets five yards and then Dak hits Tavon Austin for eight yards, which I was like sitting there and I was like, is that Tavon? That is Tavon. That is Tavon. <laughs> uh, so that gets us to... Absolutely. That gets us to the 39. Uh, Zeke goes around the right end for 15 yards, but there's a penalty on Amari Cooper for an illegal shift, which, uh, okay, whatever. First and 15, the New York 44, Tony Pollard goes for two yards. Then Dak hits Blake Jarwin for four yards on second and 13, bringing up third and nine. Um, Dak tries to go deep to Tavon Austin, but there's a penalty for defensive offsides on this one. So it's now third and four. Uh, and Prescott just takes it himself, gets the eight yards. Uh, Jabril Peppers was injured on this play. Big loss for the Giants secondary, losing their star player like that. Um, so first and 10 on the 25 of New York. Elliott goes for four yards. Uh, then Dak tries to throw it to Elliott. That's incomplete. Third and six at the 21. The slant he dropped on that one, right? Yeah, this that was an ugly one. Um, but third and six from the New York 21. Dak sees one on, he sees recognizes the blitz, sees one on one on the outside against Cooper with uh DeAndre Baker, is that his name? Yeah, he's the uh he's the the rookie they took or I forget yeah, his name, yeah. but I don't hear him up. Um, uh, and this was nice apparently, you know, I saw them break this down on NFL films or NFL films, uh NFL countdown today. And apparently they claim that this was a this is an audible by Dak. Dak and Amari looked at this solid coverage they wanted, and Amari just ran a fly route, and it was he, they realized it was one on one coverage. And yeah, I mean, you're not going to have a rookie take take Amari Cooper, and this was a beautiful ball by Dak. Beautiful, ball. perfect throw. Uh, the second ball of the day, where I was just blown away by Dak's arm. Um, you know, we haven't seen him make throws like this since his rookie year, probably. Uh, so super impressive. Um, that makes it 21-7. Um, and so the Giants get the ball back with a minute 13 to go uh, in the half. Uh, obviously, they're down by two scores now. Um, so Eli goes to Ingram for six yards, Shepard for six yards, Latimer for nine yards, uh, a short pass to Shepard for five yards. They take a timeout. They're now at the Dallas 49. Uh, it goes to Fowler for five yards. They take another timeout. And then they take two deep shots, one to Latimer, one to Ingram. Dallas takes a timeout to get a different defense onto the field. And then Eli tries to go kind of Hail Mary status from the 44 to Latimer. Uh, and Heath gets up there and knocks this one down. Um, so Cowboys go in to the half 
Dak is like 20 of 26 for like 200 something yards and three touchdowns with no picks. It's already good. At one point, their pass rush ratio was like seven passes for every three rushes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, in 10 plays, it was 70% pass, which is unheard of. Dak's halftime stats were what he norm 20-26. That's normally a that's normally a game for him. That's a good um, game it, for him. Yeah, this was a very change of philosophy from what you've seen from your Dallas Cowboys for, gosh, man. I mean, going back to, like, like the early Romo era that was super pass happy, like – that was nuts to see. Um, but, you know, put us up 28-7. It looked good, man. And you know what I liked about it, Andy? Um, we haven't really talked about this. We've been killing some props on play calling. But, dude, pre-snap motion. Pre-snap motion. Yep. You, got a, you got a receiver coming here. Then you got somebody else moving. Then you have a play action. And then you have a throw. Like, there's just so much going on. There's so much for the defense to think about. You watch offensive geniuses like Sean McVay and... Um, Andy Reid call plays yep. like, yes, Jared Goff's good, but he gets people schemed open. Yes, Pat Mahomes is great, but he's throwing. I saw a lot of throws against the Jaguars D this weekend where they're a pretty damn good defense, or Sammy Watkins had no one within seven yards of him. A lot of yeah. this is just scheme, man. If you can scheme your guys open, which I don't think Dallas has done a good job in, and maybe, I don't know, maybe ever. Um, <laughs> It was wonderful to see, man. It was wonderful. Let me ask you this. Does does Des Bryant still have a job if Kellen Moore becomes the offensive coordinator two years ago? Oh, that's fun. Um, yes, probably. I think his attitude caught up in, in what they were paying him. But, yeah, I mean, he – He'd look better. I mean, Terrence Williams might still have a job, too. Like, if you're telling me if this offense was input in in 2016, like, I don't know, man. It'd be interesting. Or even 2014, they were super efficient, but a lot of people said that was Romo basically just being – and they had a great O-line. I don't know. That's really hard to say, Andy, but uh, I think it's – I definitely think it's the best play call in one game. we got to put this in perspective. It's one game – that's against, happened. A against a horrible team. You're not playing the Giants at home every single week, everyone. But that being said, it was impressive. Yeah, and they took care of business. Like, this is what you're supposed to do against a bad team. So it's better than week one of last year where we played the Giants, or not week one, but, like, we played the Giants last year, like, week two, and the same Giants team, we beat them, like, 20 to 13. It was ugly as shit. Like... We could have lost it last year. We beat them on like a Hail Mary throw. And I know we didn't need that win, but still. Exactly. So we get, we come out of uh, halftime. It's 21, 10. The giants are going to get the ball to start. Ben, you want to take us through this uh, first giants possession of the second half? Yeah. So we kick off uh, and they go to work and you're not going to see much Saquon Barkley here. They go Eli to Latimer for, uh, 43 yards. They have a big play, I guess, to begin. Um, so that brings up first and 10 on our 42. Eli's incomplete on a screen. Um, Eli E. Penny Goat, do you know who this was? Who their backup is? No, e. I have Penny? no idea who that is. Okay, well, uh, go ahead, fantasy owners, rush to pick him up. Apparently, he's Saquon's backup. Um, so, yeah, he goes up the middle for two. That brings up third and eight, incomplete. Fourth and eight, they actually go for this on Dallas's 40. They do get it. Um, it's a short pass to Benny Fowler the third. Um, he gets 11 yards. So that brings up first and 10 from our 29. Sterling Shepard makes an appearance for seven. Saquon finally gets a touch on this drive. He runs for 11 yards. Almost looked like he was going to score. Uh, then he gets it again. He's stuck. Nine touchdown, and the Giants settle for a 28-yard field goal. 
So we do give up points on this one, but they get inside the 10 and they get stopped. Um, I'm okay with that. As far as as far like as like I said, you're pumped for your boy Jay Lou. You've been on the you've been on the Lewis. I know that hype train hasn't taken off as much as others, but you were always a, a fan of him day one. I will say that Pro Football Focus had Jay, Jay, Jordan Lewis as the best Cowboys defender on the field on Sunday. Weird. Okay, uh, I don't I don't know if I fully agree with that, but that was a nice play. He uh he did a good job in his limited role as usual. So I'm enjoying the. Yeah, I mean, remember he played the Saints game. I think he played like seven snaps, and he had an interception. You know, he's game-winning interception. Yeah, man. Look, there's there's worse things to be than a slot corner or a dime corner. You know, there's worse yeah. things to have there. Um, interesting. We didn't touch on this. It was said originally Byron wasn't going to play, and then they changed it to well, he's going to play, but he's not going to start. And then it seemed like he got a lot of snaps anyway, goat. Yeah, I honestly I didn't even know he's in the game until like I just randomly saw a guy turn around and he was number thirty one and I was like, Oh, so Byron is not inactive today, and that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, so he's still dealing with a hip injury. I think if this was a good team, you're seeing Byron out there. I think yeah. they knew they could ease him into this game. Agreed. Um but anyway, that was the only real injury at all. Um everybody else was back and we know Amari missed basically the entire end of preseason he was back in full randall cobb was back um the entire o-line was healthy hopefully that stays the case because they looked really good and yeah i mean there's no real injury like i said outside of byron yeah and so the dallas does get the ball back here it's uh 21 to 10 at this point um first and 10 for the dallas 25 dak drops back goes deep to amari cooper for 45 yards Ah, man, I hate to nitpick anything about Dak's performance. This one ball, if he leads Amari just a little bit more, Amari can house this one. I don't even remember this play, to be completely honest. I remember the touchdown coming up, but I don't know if I remember this one. We had so many passing plays that were successful, so usually I can remember the five that we have a game that are really nice at the top of my head, but I actually don't remember this one, Go. This one was a good, it was a good ball, and it was a great catch by Amari. Amari just had to slow up a little bit. He gave up some of that separation that he had, and so as soon as he caught the ball, he kind of got tackled, but yeah. either way, we're now on the, the New York 30. Uh, Zeke goes for five yards, and then on second and five, uh, it's almost the exact same play that Blake Jarwin Wait, scored on. Right. Yeah. Just Randall Cobb is just totally wide open. Dax Dude, drops me and back. You, me and you could have caught this ball and, and scored a touchdown. That's how yeah, open Randall Cobb absolutely. was. So again, now it's twenty-eight to ten. Um, things now are getting really four straight touchdowns. Go. When's the last time yeah. you think we scored four straight touchdowns? I know that to to go back to when we scored five, it was the year two thousand. Okay, I don't know for sure. I was literally asking. I don't have the answer. I was going to guess Jacksonville yeah. last year. I'd have to go back and look. But, man, and, and long ones, too. Let me read these real quick before we move on. So the first touchdown, 11 plays, 75 yards. The second one, 9 plays, 93 yards. The third one, 13 plays, 83 yards. And then this one, 3 plays, 75 yards. I mean, we're just – this is like tech offense, man. I mean, yeah, this is big sell offense. Like, this is just get whatever you want when you can. And um, that's fun to see, man. And it was not a Zeke. Most of the time when the offense is succeeding very well, it's because Ezekiel Elliott's having a fucking game. And this one, man, we've rarely read his name today. Yeah, I mean, Zeke was still, they said before the game, he was going to kind of be eased back into a full workload. Sure. Um, sure. I think he played like 37 snaps, of which I think like, 16, 17 of those were actually him being involved in, like, touching the ball. Um, but, yeah, like we said, for the most part, this was a full-on air attack um, that the Giants just did not have an answer for. Um, they do get the ball back here um, in the third quarter. Uh, they managed to move it down the field pretty efficiently, uh, mostly using short passes and then uh, Saquon Barkley. But then, again, they get to inside the Dallas 10, um, second and six from the 12, Benny Fowler gets four yards, then Penny up the middle for one yard. And then on fourth and one, 
they try this weird Eli Manning naked bootleg to the right thing again, and Eli gets just stuck by Demarcus Lawrence and Leighton Vander Esch, who strip the ball from Eli, and it's a strip sack fumble. Um, yeah, this was really weird. Um, if you're going to be third and two, and you know you're going forward and fourth regardless, bro, give the ball to Saquon, right? Yeah, like, what, is, what are they? What are they doing here? Like, you don't have like it's one thing for us to run a bootleg with Dak, but Eli Manning, man, maybe yeah. the most statue quarterback in the league outside of Brady or Bree. You know what I mean? Like, the guy's yeah. never been mobile, let alone at age thirty-seven. Um, this was a weird play, but yeah, so it winds up being the only sack of the day, Andy. Yeah, that was right between Van Der Esch and, and Lawrence. So obviously the defense is still kind of getting back into a rhythm with all their starters returning. Um, but the Cowboys do get the ball back on their own 11. Elliott goes for one yard, then Elliott goes for a yard again. On third and eight, Dak finds Gallup for 62 yards. This is a, it's the exact oh, same play yeah. that Amari scored that touchdown on on Thanksgiving last year. Um, he kind of catches it around in traffic, goat, and then he just yeah, he has great yeah. contested catchability and catching in traffic, uh, and then he just took off. Sixty-two yards later, uh, he gets dragged down from behind. That puts us on the twenty-five of New York. Uh, Zeke goes for eight yards, then Zeke goes for two yards. Uh, Dak finds Witten for five, and then second and five at the New York ten. Hand off to Zeke, bust through some tackles. And Zeke Elliott has his first touchdown of two thousand nineteen. And now screw my question about four straight touchdowns. Here's the one about five straight touchdown drives. <laughs> yeah, so they, the last time the Cowboys had five straight touchdown drives in a game was in the year 2000. God, man. I can't Which even I imagine. Can't imagine. Tell you 2008 was probably so fucking bad. It was probably like Troy Aikman's corpse and Emmett God. Smith's very end of his career. Actually, Aikman was probably gone. This may have been the beginning of – was this the beginning of Quince, maybe? Maybe the beginning of Quince and like they were getting some some sick like now completely illegal hits from Roy Williams that had really deflated the op- opponent. And I, so they were man, like, he dude, still might have been. He might not have come to a one or something. But either way, yeah, yeah that team would be fun. Probably like, I'm gonna guess like Terry Glenn was around. Like uh, Ishmael. Yeah, dude. Maybe Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway, he might have been on that. That might have been around the time he was traded. So, anyway, this team's load is better than that. Um, at this point, they're up thirty-five to ten, and it's almost feeling like a preseason game at this point. Go like I watched the end of this, but at this point, I was like, "Well, we there's really not a ton of other stuff to go through." The the Giants would score one more touchdown to make it seventeen to thirty-five. Once the Cowboys are kind of dropped to prevent, um, they did eventually pull Eli. Uh, with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, they put in the legend in the making, Danny Dimes. Um, he completed three passes before he tried to do, get cute and scramble, and he got stuck by Van Der Esch and scramble and fumbled the ball, giving it up to the Cowboys. So probably going to be the only know, fumble in Danny Dimes' whole career. That was nuts. Agreed. So final score: Dallas Cowboys thirty-five, New York Giants seventeen. Uh, Eli goes 30 of 44 for 306 and a touchdown. Uh, not horrible stats, honestly. Like he didn't but throw a bunch of picks. Feel like he was, you didn't watch that game and feel like he was carving us up. Like it wasn't no, not at all. You know, I mean, he had 300 yards and a t- but it wasn't like wow, Eli's played really well today. Like yeah, he was Dak, fine. But then you look across the box score at Dak, 25 of 32 for 405. Four touchdowns, no sacks, which is a big deal, man. Like, this is a guy that took 57 sacks last year. We have zero sacks this time around with a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Yeah, only the second Cowboy ever to do that. And I forget the first was somebody before Morton Goat. Yeah, Craig Moore before (laughs) anybody else even around. And uh, Dallas also has uh, two receivers go over 100 for the first time in like five years. Um, Gallup with seven catches on seven targets for 158 yards. And Amari Cooper with six for 106 and a touchdown. They were passing touchdowns to Cooper, Cobb, Jarwin, and Witten. Um, just beautiful 
offensive display all around. Uh, again, rushing the ball, not that effective. Zeke had 13 carries for 53 and a touchdown. Pollard, 13 carries for 24 yards. Probably people had a little bit higher expectations for the rookie, but again, the Giants had I just determined to touch the ball that much. Like I yeah. Said, uh, he was in the game that much, so I actually wanted to see more of him, but you know, it was what it was. We 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 dominated through the air. Um, we didn't really need the rushing game to to do anything today. So defense did leave something to be desired. Uh, your leading tackler was Xavier Woods, which is really never a good sign when your safety is your leading tackler. Um, only one sack for the whole team, split between Van Der Esch and Lawrence. Um, so they're going to go back to the drawing board this week. I'm sure Marinelli and Richard have a lot to say. Um, didn't get to see Brett Maher at all this game as far as field goals go. He didn't miss any extra points, which is nice, um, but he wasn't needed as far as his long leg ability. Uh, and the Cowboys go to 1-0 uh, and make some noise in the league. There was a lot of positive press about the team this week. Lots of talk about the new era of uh, Kellen Moore's offense. Uh, and people are excited, man. I saw a lot of movement in power rankings. Dallas now in the top six or top five of most publications' power rankings. So going Dallas always, always responds well to high expectations. Absolutely. It was. I had three big takeaways, Goat. And feel free to chime in at any point if you if you wish, or I will just go on, and, and afterward we can move on. Uh, my number three was that this defense is for real. And I know it's weird to say because they gave up 300 yards. I'm not saying they were ballers. Saquon had a decent game. But they gave up 17 points. They had two takeaways. Um, I'll take that any day over yards allowed. I don't give a shit if you give up 600 yards. If you keep people out of the end zone, you come up with fourth down stops, get off the field on third down occasionally, then I don't really care. You get two takeaways. So I expect better performance. I've been on record, Andy, saying that they would hold the first three teams in total under 45 points. So a little behind the eight ball here, but still can make up. And their last touchdown was in garbage time anyway. Miami might make that a, a surefire bet in week three. Well, yeah. Yeah. So that was my third. The defense, they are who we thought they were. They're going to be they're gonna be a real unit. Um, like I said, yes, some things to clean up, but I think you're gonna be able to rely on this defense all year. Uh number two was the Michael Gallup emergence goat. Um <laughs> You know I've been waiting on this, Ben. Uh, I know. So we rewind back to, I don't want to go all the way back to his draft. This where we rewind to when we went to Oxnard and we were looking at, man, it's going to be fun out here. Who, who's going to take the step forward? What are we really going to see? The one person that really popped, the one person that name kept being brought up by us, by people in the media that you follow, uh, was Michael Gallup. And I think every team in the NFL always has that like one camp pet, that one guy who's taking the leap forward. Um, but all we heard was chatter about Michael Gallup. And all me and you have said on Twitter, on this pod, to anybody who will listen to us for more than 30 seconds, is Michael Gallup is going to be a real player. And, man, he, he showed that today. He emerged, man. I mean, I don't know the last time we had a number two receiver on our team go for seven for 158. Maybe Car- I mean seven targets. Yeah, it's it's been a long, long time. Um, dude, I'm just so stoked for Gallup, man. He's just an awesome player. Um, we saw flashes last year of his ability. Um, he had, and there were miscues between him and Dak, and everyone kept saying like, "Oh man, if he could have like, if they get on the same page, they could be that could be a real problem." Um, you know, we saw how much Dak improved last year in the second half of the season when he got one good receiver. Now he's got several, um, and quite frankly, Gallup's got to be stoked because if a defense, if you're an opposing defense, pretty much Gallup will see one-on-one matchup 85% of the time. The safety's either going to cheat over to the side of the field with Amari on it because they're not going to give Amari one-on-one, or he's going to be down in the box helping against Zeke or Cobb or the tight ends. 
Um, Gallup's going to see a lot of one-on-one matchups this year, and I think he could really make Swiss cheese of a lot of defenses that don't have a strong second corner. Um, you know, man, I remember we, we talked about it. Like, what what was their prediction for Gallup? And we said, you know, 900 yards, something like that. I'm going to amend that, dude. I'm going to say I think that Michael Gallup breaks the 1K mark this year. I would love that. I mean, he's got Can a really Michael good Gallup, shot now. Michael Gallup be the Juju Smith-Schuster of the Dallas Cowboys? Dude, that would be that would be something because Juju had a crazy first two years in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason why he can't be a contributor right away. I mean, there's plenty of guys who've come in at the receiver position and made impacts, especially their second year. Um, it's very rare for rookies to come right out of the bat, only the very special ones. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I like I said, dude, that was that was one of my big takeaways. He He's going to be a threat. If he breaks a thousand yards, then man, sky's the limit for this kid. And what's your number one takeaway? And my number one takeaway was Kellen Moore, boy genius. Um, we, we this said we weren't going to buy into the hype, Ben. We said we weren't going to buy into it, but I'm buying into it, Ben. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to me before I say. I, I know what I said, but listen to me. This offense. They ran play action on, damn, I, I had the stat earlier, but what was it, like 40-something percent? The yeah. highest in the NFL last year was the Rams at like 30 or 28 or something. Killed it on that. Dak looked great. Way looked great all day, but looked great running play action. We had a lot of pre-snap movement. We, you know, we tried some different things. We were able to utilize Randall Cobb, which I didn't see any of in the preseason. We were able to support everybody on this offense was able to feast. Um, You got some Michael, I mean, sorry, you got some Pollard action. I know he wasn't exceptional as touches, but just everything we saw from how they schemed their four nations. I mean, these were guys were running wide open too. And I know the giants already said this in our, our recap aren't world beaters. I mean, shit, they may win four games this year, but still I'm a believer in this offense. I'm a believer in what I saw from Kellen week one. It was positive. Totally agree. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that translates into week two, where the Dallas Cowboys will match up against that team in Washington with a name that we don't say. Um, they had an interesting week one as well. They got up to a 17-0 lead in the first half on the Eagles. Um, they looked like they were clicking on offense. Case Keenum threw for 380 and three touchdowns. Um they had almost no run game to speak of uh, with Darius guys still dealing with injury issues. But this um, McLaurin kid emerged five for 125 and a touchdown with a 70 yard product. He's an Ohio State kid. Um, yeah. And they looked great. Now, second half, they kind of turned back into a pumpkin at midnight, kind of became the team that we thought they were. Uh, well, they have 20 to 3. Or 17 zip, and they just completely yeah. fell apart. They let Deshaun Jackson turn back the clock and turn into his old self. Yeah, Deshaun ended with eight for 154 and two touchdowns. Um, a lot of this was, I think, from what I saw with game film being broken down, the Redskins, like, sorry, the Washington team's defensive game plan relies yeah, whoa, a lot bro. on. Come on now. We'll edit that out. <laughs> My bad. They, they rely a lot on funneling all the action into the center of the field where Landon Collins and their playmakers on defense can have more of an effect on the play. And the Eagles just really started u- utilizing out routes and a lot of plays, making them go one-on-one and play with the sideline. Um, and that's where guys like Jackson play really well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what this matchup looks like. A couple things of note for our matchup with them, Ben. Uh, it looks like Darius Geis is going to be a no-go and that Adrian Peterson will be the starting running back. Um, it looks like uh, Jonathan Allen, the very highly regarded defensive tackle product uh, out of Alabama, uh, has sprained his MCL and will not be playing. Uh, and so they will be missing uh, you know, two of their you know, more highly thought of players coming into this matchup with Dallas. Uh, and especially in a week where, you know, many people expect for Zeke Elliott to look more like his old self, losing 
a starting defensive tackle on your uh, very stout defensive line, that can be a big hurt. Uh, the other one, obviously, is that Trent Williams has still not reported. Uh, he is currently in the middle of a holdout what until the story that is. I mean, but look what we're seeing, dude. Darius Geis still not over an injury from last year that he had to have two follow-up surgeries to fix because their medical staff bungled that. Alex Smith is still gone because their medical staff bungled that. Colt McCoy is still gone because their medical staff bungled that. I mean, they got a lot of issues with these medical guys, and I don't blame Trent Williams for not wanting to sacrifice his body for this organization when they're probably not going to win that many games, and they refuse to do something as basic as hire good people to take care of their players when it comes to injuries. So they're going to be missing some protection. They're going to be missing some defensive stoppers. Uh, and they're going to be rolling out Adrian Peterson, who had a pretty good game against Dallas last year. Um, but we will see. Weird things happen at FedEx, I'll say that. This was the site last year of the famous uh, long snap motion penalty, which I'm sure you'll recall the frustration of dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, so Vegas Goat says we're four and a half point favorites. You buying that? I mean, I'll be quite honest. After what we saw this week, I expect us to beat the red the team in Washington by more than that. Uh, I don't think they have the defense to stop. I mean, at this point, Dallas is very much a pick-your-poison kind of thing. If you want to load up the box and stop Zeke, you're going to get sliced up through the air by Amari, Gallup, Cobb, etc. If you want to drop everyone into coverage then you're going to get killed by the best running back in the game and the one of the best offensive lines. Um, so you're going to have to kind of split the difference, and that's going to mean that during some plays, you're going to give up either some air or some ground stuff that's going to hurt you. So I expect the Dallas Cowboys offense to show up again. Um, until proven otherwise, all we know right now is that they play very well. Um, so I expect a greater than four-and-a-half-point game. What about you? <sighs> I think if there were any of the first three games I had any reservations about, it was this one. Um, I think Dallas wins. I think we hold their offense in check, but I don't think it's as pretty a performance from the offense. Um, I think we probably score, I'm going to say, about 24 points. Um, you know, enough to be happy, but I don't think we're going to just have the field day we had against New York. Um, yeah. you know, Washington's a little better. They still have a couple names. Like you said, they're a little beat up, but you know, Josh Norman's still going to be out there on Amari Cooper. Um, I don't know, man, you know, Keenum didn't look as bad as I kind of thought he would against Philly. Now week ones in general goat are very weird. We're kind yeah. of going in with preconceived, um, perceptions of these teams and, you know, Philly's projected to beat Washington, so we think they have to kill him. But in reality, this is almost a tune-up game. You know, it, it's almost preseason game five for especially a lot of these guys who got very little action. Um, I guess I'm saying all that to say I think we win, Goat, but I just think it's going to be a little closer. Um, I think defense gives us the foundation we need this time. I think offense looks fine. I think you see Zeke get back to his 2025 touches. But I, I don't think they take a step back. I just think they it looks more uh, reined in. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I am predicting a closer game. I think I'm going to go on record as saying it will be 28-20 to 20 Dallas Cowboys. Um, I don't think it'll ever be a game where I've, it feels out of control. I think that we have a good enough defense, good enough offense to – beat a team uh, like Washington. I do think Washington is a bad team. I think this is one of the bottom five teams in the league. And I do think that the Dallas Cowboys are a top five team in the league. So barring some unforeseen uh, disaster, uh, I think Dallas, you know, closer game than against New York, but again, cruises to a victory by eight points. Do you got a prediction, Ben? Yeah, I guess, you know, I went on this big spiel. It's going to be closer. I still think we cover. I'm going to go 24 to 14. I think the defense shows up big time. Nice. Um, you know, I I was wrong last week about them getting a big takeaway uh, for points. I'm going to go ahead and double down on that and say they like get that. 
this week. So I think it's another good win for Dallas. I just don't think you're going to see Dak Prescott throw for 400 yards <laughs> is what I'm saying. I think you see more his career line where he averages like 240, you know, and, and you'll be Dak fine. Dak throws for 404 TDs again. Well, then this podcast is going to get really outlandish. I'm going to warn you people. It's going to be some MVP talk in September, oh guys. God. It's going to get so ridiculous, dude. Like, we're going to just going to start doing the full on like, well, it's clear that he just took that step, dude. He's now an elite quarterback. Like, what could, what is there to say? Like, <laughs> he's worth, hey, what did we say? 35 million? Fuck that. 45 million is good to me, man. Let's get him. Let's get him locked in at forty-five now before he wins the Super Bowl and MVP, and he's worth fifty. Like you got it. You got to lock it in at the lower price. So, uh, quick thought on contract talk. You think he gets done? There keeps being a lot of smoke about it. No fire yet, but they apparently are very close. You think he's signed by game time? I I would actually like him to be signed by game time because I do think that the price will only go up. But I also think that Dak's in no rush. I do think that. I agree with that. I agree. With say that. what you want about Dak. I think he's very confident in his abilities, and especially with the cast he's got now and the offense coordinator he's got now. I think Dak assumes that the longer he waits, the more money he's going to get. They have no backup plan or anything, they have no way to get it out of him. He's not desperate for money. It came out last week that he makes fifty million dollars off the field because of endorsements. I mean, it's to be the Dallas Cowboy QB, doesn't it? The dude can afford to sit back there, keep throwing insane games up on the scoreboard, and let the cash roll in. And if Dallas puts the number in front of him that he thinks he's worth, then I think he'll sign it. And if not, I think he'll go another week, hoping that if he has another New York game, then it just strengthens his position. So I, I would like to see him get signed, um, but I, I'm not super confident that it gets done just because I don't think Dak is, I don't think Dak is sitting there being like, I have to have this deal. No, I don't, you know, for every reason you just explained, I don't think he is thinking I need to sign at all. I think if he bets on himself, because you're right, he knows he's getting money outside of football from, from ads or whatever the hell he's doing, like Danimal commercials. I don't even know what Dak is the spokesperson he's got for. Greek yogurt commercials. He's got Pepsi commercials. He's the new Campbell's soup guy. Oh, he is. That's right. I saw the Campbell's soup yeah. the other day. Yeah. He's, he's banking hard right now. Right. So that's why he didn't need to hold out. And one year quarterback probably never should. It's a bad look for the team. But everyone giving Zeke all this shit, look, Zeke isn't in the same position Dak and Amari were in this. Dak's making 50 mil off. Dak knows his next contract's going to be outlandish. He's probably going to have 150 mil coming in. And Amari's looking at all these receivers signing. Plus, Amari's making, what, I think 17 this year because it's his fifth year off. Yeah, okay, 14 and a half. So he's fine. Like, they're all in different positions. So everybody chill out. Zeke's here now. We don't have to. We don't have to go and compare all of them. For now, baby, enjoy the ride. This is going to be a fun year. This is going to be the best Dallas Cowboys team you have watched in a decade. The deepest team for sure, man. I think this is the deepest team we've witnessed in a long time. You know, the Romo era was, we always questioned where else we had talent. We were very front-loaded with about four, five, six, maybe at its peak, like seven or eight stars. And then no depth behind them. Yeah, um, this is the opposite. I don't know if we have eight stars per se. Um, you know, we have. You can argue a couple superstars, but I think we're very deep. I mean, we we didn't even play Taco this week or uh, Tristan Hill, who was our first pick, and the D line was fine. I mean, we're just a very solid. After this week, you get Quinn back. I mean. Things continue to to lock into place. Now, I will say this. If they do win this game, I do expect them to go to Miami and take care of business. Miami is a dumpster fire. And that sets up a very interesting matchup. You know, Tony, they have no excuse not to start 3-0. You know, I I went 4-0 in the pod, but 3-0, if this team is who we think they are, I think they need to go 3-0. Man, they can. these are all three opponents. They should take care of business. 
how tight will that week four game be against New Orleans if we're undefeated and they're undefeated? Oh, that's going to be huge, man. New Orleans had a hell of a game. That that one Monday night football, uh, yeah, that was fun to watch, man. That was fun. You know, they're no, they're, their defense got picked on a little bit, but, yeah, that was a fun game. Yeah. Breeze can get it done. They got a field goal kicker that can they're, boot it from They're a little different than Scout. I was just alluding to our earlier Cowboy era that was top-heavy. I almost think the Saints are sort of that. Like, Breeze is yeah. Breeze. Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara's. Those are three superstars, and they have a couple on defense, Marshawn Lattimore, Cameron Jordan. But then they just don't – I don't think they're as deep as we are. I think they're, they have six, seven all-world players, and it falls off quickly after that. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's, let's take care of business in Washington. Let's get rid of the R-words. We're doing this for America, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Saints. We're not we're – not, players on the team so it doesn't matter what our mindset is we're allowed to be like look week 10 week 11 in foxborough that's the game to circle fuck all these other ones like we don't really have to worry about it the guys you know when they talk to dak and he's like look i'm focused on washington that's all i care about what if dak was like man washington and miami are a bunch of fucking bums we're just talking about the saints in here i'm already studying the saints game film (laughs) If they actually did go shit on both of those teams, that'd be <laughs> so hilarious. Like, Cowboys are just like, the biggest douchebags, so that would just fit right into the stereotype that everyone thinks we are. That'd be perfect. It's kind of the moniker the Browns are trying to to show, you know, with Odell and Dude, Baker and Miami. Today, a Vegas adjusted their lines. The Browns have a sixty percent chance to pick inside the top five now. Gosh, that's a quick, quick. Dude, you know how it is. The hype, the hype machine. It's a fickle bitch, dude. It's one day you're gonna win the Super Bowl, the next day you're picking first in the draft. Like yeah, Gallatin, I sort of said. I didn't officially call that they were gonna be bad. I said if they start slowly, this thing could all go tits up. Like <laughs> this whole team yeah, dude, is built on fragile. Baker, like all those dudes are super cool and they're super fun when everyone's winning. But well, it's just like we talked about, you know, when all these teams are being predicted. I think what's sometimes lost on on people is is depth is important in the NFL. And so people look at like the Browns, they're like, man, they got Miles Garrett, they got Denzel Ward, they got Baker and Odell and Randall and Nick Chubb, and then you realize that like, yeah, that there's more to a football team, you know, than than having the seven, eight names that you can rattle off. Like, and, and, and head coach matters. There might be an attitude problem with a star wide receiver that's wearing a $150,000 watch on the field. Yeah, and I think your quarterback in general, I mean, I fantasy or not, I, I kind of enjoy Baker Mayfield, but I understand the old head perception of, I don't nothing to do with this kid. He's bad. Uh, Baker, let's just say that Baker is like, he's a much more talented Johnny Manziel. Like, he has a definite shithead vibe to him, but he's very talented, and he's fun when he's having fun. When he's having a good time, it's fun to be around him. But he's the kind of guy it's that... Kinda he, like, it feels like if Aaron Rodgers actually... If Aaron Rodgers actually said everything that he thought. You know, like, because Aaron Rodgers always kind of had that smug attitude, but he usually buttons it up just enough to get away with being a smug asshole, as where Baker just can't seem to be able to do that. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, well, we've got a lot of good football coming up. Um, your Dallas Cowboys are 1-0, and we will be back next week uh, with a tremendous podcast after the Washington game. Ben, any final thoughts before we get out of here for the week? No, man, just uh, please don't blow up my timeline about Antonio Brown. That's never going to happen. I don't care if he gets cut from New England, too. Like Just after he got cut from Oakland, people were asking, and I was like, no, there's a 0% chance this era of Cowboys would gamble on him. One, no, two, like we have a good wide receiver core, dude. <laughs> we don't need that. We have the anti-Antonio Brown, and is gonna and Amari's gonna have a fifteen hundred yard, twelve touchdown year this year, and that's fine. 
Yeah, if you're making a Madden franchise, go ahead, go bring him on board. You're gonna your team morale's not gonna suffer much. Yeah. But uh, in the real world, yeah, dude, I want nothing to do with that head case. Insanity. All right, folks. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a comment. Shoot us a DM. Get at us on the Instagram, on the Twitter. Uh, we will be back next week following the Washington game. 1-0, baby. Only 18 more to the Super Bowl. As always, this is Andy Gatelli. Benjamin T. Walker. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. 1-0. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.